Hi, everyone. My name is Sambul Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mallon, and we are Cambridge's two new city councilors. And this, are, this is our podcast, Women Are Here. We're excited to be here with you today, as we are every week. Um, but before we get all into all the information and the business, and we forget, we have a great event coming up next week. There will be a panel at the Cambridge Public Library called Women Elected in Cambridge, and it's Wednesday night, May 23rd at 6.30 p.m. It's at the main library on Broadway, and excitingly, there will be childcare and pizza dinner provided, so thank you, Maria McCauley. Um, I hope you guys can all come and join us at this event. It's going to be uh, Counselor Siddiqui, Counselor Devereaux, Counselor Simmons, and myself uh, on a panel just talking about what it's like to be an elected city councilor here in Cambridge. Yeah, I'm glad it happening. It was spearheaded by Councilor Simmons. Yeah, actually it was, you know, it was supposed to be during Women's History Month, but we could not could not get the stars aligned to get our schedules together. So, here it is, Women's History Month in May. So, yeah. It should be fun. It should be really fun and I'm I actually have no idea like what any of the questions are going to be. I think they're going to be about like movies and I hope it's fun Oscars. and we can get real. We're going to get I, I about like- our favorite TV shows. <laughs> How about our favorite restaurants and how, our feelings? Yeah, I think we don't see enough of that. No, it's it's true. Like, I think it's it's one of the things that people tell me that they like about this podcast is that um, we're a little bit real and people are like, oh, you guys are real people. Yeah, and you know, it'd be really nice to kind of know. I mean, I know you well, but it's like, Counselor, uh, Vice Mayor Deborah, like, what's your favorite movie? Like, yeah. I would love to know that. <laughs> you know, I guess I could just ask, but it'd be great to know some other, the our other counterparts a little bit more personally. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had a funny experience with Joe Barr from Traffic and Parking where, you know, we left this meeting and I I don't know what possessed me. I was tired or or it was Friday. I was like, so what do you like to do for fun? <laughs> and then we both discovered that we both really like to travel. Oh, and great. so we had this like kind of, it was a really long conversation about all the places that we have been. And it just kind of, I don't know, I, I feel like now we have this little bond that we both really like to travel. And, you know, maybe we'll have these meetings where it's, not so much fun um they might be a little bit contentious but we'll always have that thing right so i'd like to find those things with all of the people we work definitely with. i think that's key i had a similar thing with kathy watkins who is i think she's like second in command at dpw and so we talked a little bit about tv is she a tv watcher she watches how does she have TV. time to watch tv i mean she said and i was i was a little bit amazed but she was like talking about it and i i wish we delved deeper but on you know every show she watched but it was great to just be like oh yeah, yeah and now you, you always TV. have that thing exactly so right? next time i'm like any good shows you watching right totally you know what's funny about kelly watkins is she has this great laugh yes like you always think you're super funny because she just like laughs really loud and <laughs> it's like all the time yeah she's cool she's cool oh so can i just tell you a super funny story about this library event yeah okay so I'm, I'm there on Sunday at the library and I hadn't seen, there's like posters that have our faces on them. You know, you, me, Jan and Denise. And, um, so I'm walking out and I see this poster and I'm like, Oh, how cool. Like there is a photo of myself at the library. Like, right. Like that's, so yeah. I, I pulled out my phone. And you I'm arrived. Like, oh, yeah, I have arrived. And so I was going to take this picture to post on Twitter. Like, Hey, everyone come to this thing, whatever. So I'm taking a picture of myself <laughs> and I'm trying to do it at so sneaky and um I'm done taking the picture and I like try to just walk away and I hear a library employee yell from like across the room like counselor counselor do you want to do you want a copy of that poster and I was like oh my god and it was like right when 
you know, the library was closing right at five o'clock. So there was like at least 30 people like checking out books and were like coming out. It was mortifying. And he comes over and he gives me the poster out of the like plexiglass thing. And I had to walk home with my own photo. (laughs) (laughs) So mortifying. I felt like I was like in middle school. Just mortifying. So anyway. Did Jasper put it up in her room? (laughs) She like drew, she drew little hearts around your face. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely up in her room. Wow, that's so funny. Like a paparazzi moment almost, you know, like. Yeah, but it was more embarrassing. Yeah. I imagine like if you're a famous person, people are taking pictures of you. It's totally different than like your loser. Taking your own picture at the library. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't do that. Well, I really do miss the library. I haven't really been going anywhere around except for work, City Hall. Uh, my Uber, I'm doing a lot of Uber rides. So everyone knows to take me to Dorothy <laughs> Dottie Way. I think it's Dottie Doyle Way. Ooh. Yeah, right behind City Oh, City really? Hall. Yeah, Oops. Dottie Doyle. Right. I mean, maybe her name was Dorothy. Yeah. Dottie. R.I.P. R- <laughs> uh, it's that alley behind, uh, if, for those who don't know, there is an alley behind um, City Hall and... It, it comes up in GPS, so yeah. it's really great. But yeah, it's actually been, today is two months since I fell on ice. Uh, crazy how time flies when you're not having fun. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm blasted. You know, I, I realize, you know, people have looked at me and said, oh, you know, oh, I've broken my ankle before. And I went to into a deep depression. And, you know, I have to say, yes, it's been hard. But I've realized there's just so much love in my life. Aww. You know, from everyone. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I ha- and you know, I have TV always. There's so that's a lot great. of live there. You know, I, I have great friends. Mm-hmm. I, I have great family. You know, uh, so it, it while it's, it you know, it's just not been easy to get around. It's you know, you go through the things and you have to just get get through them. Well. I think you're probably one of these people too that does a lot for other people, but you don't ever ask for help. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm just imagining that that's what you're like. And so that now it's actually kind of nice because people can give back to you in a way that you've probably given to them or it's nice for them to help you. So I've actually enjoyed helping you. Yeah, everyone. Alana's just been, she's been a great friend. So I really, you know, I, I, I don't know what I would do without you on the council. Oh, I know. I feel that way a lot too. We don't have tissues here. Love fest. Sorry. <laughs> Hashtag love fest. Anyway, we, uh, we, we've had a busy week uh, and it's only, I guess, Wednesday. Wow. It's Wednesday again. Yep. So we had a council meeting on Monday. Uh, yesterday, we had a housing committee meeting where we discussed a number of things. We had two updates from the community development staff, one on the goal of creating a thousand affordable units by 2020, and then an update on potential changes to the applicant priority criteria for the city's affordable units. So that the city's inclusionary zoning units. We also discussed an aff- affordable housing overlay district which has been in conversation since 2015, 2014, actually. Uh, And we also got an update about um, tenant protections. And on the note about affordable housing overlay, the update we got was late November. Yeah. And I feel like um, Councillor Simmons was like, November. Like, (laughs) make sure it's actually, if you're saying November, it's November. Um, And I had some questions where, you know, my my question was, we're going to do this big citywide affordable housing overlay, but it has to be different in different places, right? I mean, in terms of height and right. density. And um, so I'll be, one of the questions I did ask was like, I realize we're saying November, but are we going to get updates between now, which is May 
and November on how things are going and if we're going to be able to actually have input on that process as it's going along. So I was happy to hear that they are going to be providing sort of updates along the way and that opportunity. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that uh, because I think we have to you know, make sure at each of these meetings there's somewhat of an update because you get we have our next one on June 12th. So I'm hoping, even if it's a slight update, you mm-hmm. know, it's important that we know w- what's getting done uh, because, as you said, this is it's it's going to be a long process, but we want to make sure it actually happens. Well, we don't want to get to November and have everybody go. Well, that's not what we wanted exactly. at all because that would actually be the worst case scenario. Right, right. So we had a discussion about that. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about tenant protections. I think the CDD staff had asked, well, what are your priorities there? You know, mm-hmm. we prioritize tenant protections, but specifically so specifically what? So, you know, we talked about tracking the number and causes of evictions in the city. You know, I want to note that it isn't simple as, you know, have you ever been evicted? I think the better question is when and where you've lived and why you've left because you, you can be forced to move, whether because it's a formal process or it's, you know, someone buys up the units, right? Yeah, and we see that a lot. And one of the things we talked about yesterday, um, when going back to um, the applicant priority for these occlusionary units is, you know, you get a priority, a point of priority if you, or the question is, how do we want to prioritize people who have had an eviction notice, which goes through the court? But there are also plenty of times where somebody is evicted by the landlord saying, I just bought this place and you need to be out, but not going through a formal court eviction, but you're still going to be homeless. So the question is, do we really need to look at that? So evictions are complicated. Yeah. And when you look, you know, we have information from housing court, you can go and you can look at the number of executions that have that's what they're called. That's awful. Yeah. So <laughs> I know I wanted to make like a joke. Like you can't joke about executions yeah. in a housing committee. Yeah. Right now. So I just didn't. <laughs> I'm gonna do um, it now. I was. You know, I won't. But literally, you know, when you do are evicted, uh, and literally the constable comes and takes your stuff, like that. They call it an execution, execution of, the of the eviction the, yeah. notice. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So. Um, yeah, fun facts about, <laughs> uh, you know, housing tenant law. We're fortunate to be in Massachusetts. It is very landlord, uh, not landlord friendly, tenant friendly, thank mm-hmm. God. Uh, so, yeah, but there's that data. But then the data you're getting at is, how do, you know, the people who, who are coming. And we heard last night from public comment, there are there is a tremendous amount of foreign investment yeah. coming. And so the folks from Nine Dana Street. Right. Yeah. So that's what, 24 units? 25, that, yeah. 25. And some of those people have been in the housing for decades. Um, and it was very affordable. And all of a sudden now um, somebody swoops in, takes it over and says, at the end of your lease, you're out, even though you've been here for 25 years. So these, these folks, I, I, he spoke very eloquently yeah. last night. So, yeah. So, you know, uh, what can we as a city do to track this data better? Uh, We also talked about additional funds for legal aid for housing-related cases. Uh, We currently fund about four attorneys through the Multi-Service Center, which, you know, they do a lot of work. We also have other agencies, community. uh, There's the Greater Boston Legal Services. There's CASEL. There's folks doing a lot of this work. But there's a question of, wait, are we underfunded? And right. are people getting the help they need? Uh, you know, there's been ideas to talk about, uh, you know, the establishing a fund um, for... Like we did with the immigrants. Yes, yes. Um, attorneys, legal aid attorneys. Exactly. So that's something that I, I'd love to just work on. And, you know, you as well, we've, we have we would love to get more funding. Legal aid attorneys, believe it or not, 
they don't make any, you know, they're not expensive. They're really not expensive. Well, I think just going back to the gentleman who spoke from Nine Dana Street last night, um, you know, what he said was, I'm hearing that it costs $300,000 to $500,000 to create one unit of affordable yeah. housing. How many attorneys, legal aid attorneys, could you pay for with that? Right. I mean, to me, it seems like a really simple way to get, to keep people where they live. Um, you know, some of the statistics, some of the statistics that I brought up yesterday was if you go to housing court and you are not, you do not have legal representation as a tenant, 90% of the judgments go to the landlord. Once you have representation, that statistics goes more to 50% landlord, 50% tenants. So think about all those tenants that are then staying where exactly. they are that we don't have to create that, that housing for. So it's really about trying to figure out, we have resources. How do we, how do we expend them in a way that makes sense? Because if you don't have displacement, then you don't need to create the units or as many units. Um, and so that's where like, I really want to be focusing our, our efforts and energies too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I was, if somebody brought up the fact that we, you know, there's obviously eligibility guidelines that mm. some of these organizations, uh, you know, follow. Oh, in terms of income guidelines for legal aid. Yeah. But there are ways around it. You know, I, as people know, I'm a legal aid attorney and the, the practice, the work that I do up in Lawrence and Lowell or have had been doing, uh, it, it was specific grant money and and we could basically figure out the eligibility requirements for it. So, you know, it, are there ways that we can, if this money, the, the, get creative about this money and say, look, there's certain attorneys who, yes, obviously we want to help the lowest, the people right. who really need it. But, but when also, you're on the cusp, right. when you're on the cusp, are there other factors that right. we can help and also represent you in a process. So, you know, we talked a little about that. We talked about uh, a tenant harassment prevention program, creating an online landlord watch list to share info about housing law code violations. Uh, you know, we talked about a, you know, idea that you had um, about, uh, you know, thinking about uh, looking into our Fair Housing Act. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, there are a number of times where I've heard over the last five months where people are being discriminated against on basis of income, right? Which is not allowed under the Fair Housing Act. And so, you know, there are folks who have gotten to the very end stages of renting an apartment and they pull out their Section 8, you know, paperwork and people are like, oh, oh, never mind. You know, that's against the law. Yep. And we need to ensure that there is a place for people to go to let them know um, when that's happening. So we can keep an eye on some of these landlords, some of these rental agents, um, because if we can't, if we have an unenforceable Fair Housing Act, right. then what are we doing? Yeah, and it all this came up, you know, in last week in last month's meeting too. You know, how is Cambridge enforcing this, and right. how do we get that data? And is it, you know, my question? I think we're still trying to figure this out. Is can they present this data to us in a fashion where? It isn't violating attorney-client privilege. If mm -hmm. it's not, you know, there's these other things. But I hope that we can have a, you know, even another future meeting where people, they can present on this in in, in some fashion so we have those numbers. So it's not just anecdotal, right? Like I had five right. people walk into my exactly. office this month. It's really over the last year, and that's one of the things I was saying was, does the Human Rights Commission have that information? Because they right. do mediate some of these Fair Housing Act violations. And so... How many over the last year? How many over the last five years are we seeing an uptick? Um, yeah, I think working with data is always Absolutely, helpful yeah. because the anecdotal stuff is 
is good, but to have that real, like, especially if, if this is rising, this is something that we need to really be focusing our energies on. Yeah. So stay tuned. We'll hopefully have some more updates on this, you know, this area of tenant protections, uh, because it's so important. Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because you and I have talked about this before, is that Boston has a housing court that does have housing attorneys. So if you have, if you have your course heard in Boston, you are assigned a, a legal aid attorney. Is that right? So the way it works is, uh, yeah. So Bo- Boston has a, you know, a housing court where there's judges that will hear housing cases who have expertise hearing these cases. Right now, you know, we have the Cambridge District Court, not in Cambridge, it's in right. Medford. Right. So if I'm going through an eviction, ideally, uh, my case is in housing court. But what happens is it always starts in district court. So you have to transfer the case to housing court. But you ha- So you have to go to Malden, Medford? Medford. Medford first. Or and it, ask for a transfer while you're there. Yeah, or if you have you you, you know okay. I'm assuming you've have have had help uh, in the before all of it kind of even before you get it you know once you get the notice you would want just to put it send in the paperwork so you wouldn't even have to go to Medford first. But oh, what, I see. Okay. Yeah, but people don't know, right? So I think that's a part of the fact that you, we need more legal aid attorneys. But to your second point of housing court you can go to housing court um there's lawyer of the day programs yes that's right what I, that's what i was reading about yeah so uh, i've actually done a few of those you have yeah and my organization at northeast legal aid we have you know we, we have a group of attorneys who does that every every thursday and so you know it's a i don't remember the dates in boston what they are but there are specific days if you are not represented you can go and say look i got a notice to quit I, you know, I have, what do I do? Right. So they hopefully will either help you on the spot, mm-hmm. right. Yep. Or they will find someone. And, you know, there's the volunteer lawyers project, Boston, there's pro bono attorneys. There's obviously, so would they be able to help you that day or would they have to have a, a continuance of the case? It all depends on okay. the case. Yeah. If it's like they're there and you're there and you're like, it's my case is being heard, you know, they'll lawyer you up with somebody. You, I, I, ideally, okay. I mean, there's sometimes there's situations where that can happen. Okay. Um, but because it's in, um, housing court in Boston, which it's right near, um, if everyone has seen it, it's right near Boston public market, that big Edward courthouse. Oh yeah. 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 That's where everything happens. Okay. That's where the magic happens. So, uh, <laughs> if you're lucky, <laughs> if you're lucky, right. But <clears throat> that's where these cases are, uh, ideally you want them to hear, be heard because the judges understand the law much better. Interesting. Okay. Well, that was a great meeting yesterday. I look forward to actually really digging in and trying to figure out some of these, t- cause some of these things that we're talking about will require a home rule petition. Yeah. Right. So um, one of them was just ca- a good just cause eviction law. And the other one that would be a home rule is um, the condo conversion, a local condo conversion. Yeah. So I, I was, I think, you know, I was talking to Ellen Schechter about this. Mm. Um, and I was surprised she wasn't there yesterday. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I, she said she would try. She's so she busy. Couldn't, she's, I mean, she's so, so busy. Right. Yeah. But she had said that we, this is a local conversion law. Like, we we may not need home rule petition. Oh, so anyway, we should talk about that. Okay, we're yeah. offline. Uh, okay, offline. Um, anyway, we also had a neighborhood and long term planning meeting, which <laughs> I had right before. Um, we are so meeting that I, this meeting was yesterday at one, and it went until three. It was a really good discussion. We discussed 
zoning for cannabis. It's always, I feel like it's just cannabis, cannabis, cannabis yeah, all the yeah. time. I feel like that's our term. Like, so much, I'm just, I know, like, so last term was like Airbnb, and now it's just pot. It really is. And this, this meeting was really, it was really helpful. Um, I think the staff came in with different scenarios of what kind of restrictive, really restrictive zoning looked like and what current zoning for medical water looks like and then what it would be if we just were the least restrictive. And I felt that I was out here just really being an advocate for thinking about these businesses just more professionally and Mm -hmm. thinking and saying, you know, I think if we are more and more restrictive, you know, how are we leaving people out of this business? Um, That social equity piece that we heard so much about when we were in D.C. Yeah. And, you know, I I think there I think there's some counselors who, you know, are opposed to, you know, cannabis just as a as a moral, you know, issue. And for me, I actually don't I hate the smell. I hate marijuana. But I think we you know, when we're thinking about applying policy here we have to think about you know we can't think about our personal preferences and i think there's a fine balance and so here you know i was yesterday being a pretty strong advocate for being you know let's not make it more restrictive um let's you know there's buffers there's things we can do but there's some rules like you know the businesses can't be near each other right 1800 uh, feet buffer, which is probably one of the highest buffers people have seen. So what about in the squares, like Harvard Square? Like, there's no reason there shouldn't be two, you know, cannabis shops, right? Or you know, Is there enough demand for, for two cannabis shops? I mean, the one in Harvard Square is pretty small. It's pretty small. I think that's a, that's a good question. I think we don't know what the demand will be based on recreation. Because this is all news, like it's starting new. July 1st. So like... It's kind of a abstract the, idea I think, a little bit. I think given that Cambridge is the only place, there's Boston, but like Somerville has a moratorium, other places yeah, have a moratorium, yeah, yeah. I think, yes, people will be coming. And yeah. so, that's true. You know, I don't know. You know, I think we got to, the conversation was really good. I think what we're going to kind of probably do is more align ourselves with the current medical marijuana zoning yeah. and then do a, like a wait and see. Got it. Okay. So yeah, I wasn't able to be there m- mostly because I'm not on that committee. Um, and I had, I had four other meetings going on sort of at that same time. Um, but I did send in my, here is what I'd like to see. You know, I have to say Jeff Roberts at, at the community development department came up with this like little yeah. plan and he was like, check the box of like, which, which restrictive would you like to see on buffer zones? And right. which, I was like, this is so helpful. So helpful. I just went through the thing and I, I sent him my notes. So hopefully. You're so good. Well, I try. When, if I'm not going to be there. And I'm sorry I wasn't there to back you up on the social equity piece because, you know, I, the history of, of marijuana and people getting thrown into jail for possession is, is largely um, race related. So to not have people participate now in a legal part of this is would be a huge miss i don't know if i'm saying that right but if, if yeah you no no there. no no i i think you know you're, you're right i think there's this concern like well hey you have to be really pretty wealthy to open one of these right oh my i mean um, the ones i've seen are beautiful yeah but the way we have you know economic empowerment um applicants there's this whole bot- new body of law that's coming where cambridge will can create a social kind of equity program and, and i'm hoping to chair an economic development meeting on what that would look like in the oh, future okay. well I'll, um, I'll be at that one yeah please I, I think you know even if there's these big big companies coming in 
look, we have community host agreements where yeah. why can't we say, you know, we should be hiring people from the community, you yeah. know, more people of color, you right. know. So we we have a way to kind of through zoning, you know, impact the, the, the this broader social equity piece. Did you ever think that we would just be talking about zoning like a hundred percent of our day? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I feel like we just had lunch and we're talking about zoning. That's our life. Anyway, more fun topic. Yeah. So last um, Friday, we attended the city's annual Outstanding Employee Awards, and there were so many good speeches. Great. I I cried a few times. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so this is an event that happens every year, and people get to nominate their favorite city employees for doing a great job. And it's one of my favorite events to go to. I started going, you know, five years ago when I was in the mayor's office. And it's always like a tearjerker. Like these are people that are so excited to be recognized that the city and people that they work with um, think that they're doing a good job. So they're, um, I had a few favorites. Um, we can go through the list because I do want to, I just want to shout out some of these folks. Um, but the mayor said something that really struck me and it was, you know, we have all these great ideas in this chamber. It was in the, in the city council chamber, but then the city departments actually have to make them happen and execute them. And that's really true. And I really felt that. And, um, I will carry that with me because it, you don't, you don't always think about all the work that goes behind you, just like writing this little thing and putting it in, everyone passes it. And then somebody actually has to do that stuff. Um, so it was a really nice opportunity for us to really recognize those folks and and like I said go through this so um I'm just going to go through this list because hopefully all of them are listening to this podcast right now yeah so we're super proud of you and um I was so excited to hear about for those of you I didn't know um all the great stuff you do so Kaplan Allwaters from the law department Melinda Camera from the fire department Lou Cherubino Jr. from the police department and his speech got me he was like this big police guy, and he was talking about how he was so honored to have gotten this award. I was anyway. Sandra Christie from the city clerk's office, who was hysterical. Oh yeah, she was the nurse who, like, at the end of her speech, said, "All right, here's how you wash your hands and keep germs." <laughs> <laughs> um, Keith Fay from Danahee Park site supervisor, and Michelle Godfrey from the Center for Families, who's like a goddess in this whole city. I love her. Muna Kangson from the library. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence from CDD, who's like um, one of my favorite, most fun city so employees. Cool. She's very cool. Um, James Rebello from the water department. Rainer Rosado from traffic and parking. Did you, this guy oh got you? He oh, couldn't yeah. even get through his speech. He was just sobbing and we were all sobbing and then we all stood up and clapped for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tracy Rose Tynes from the public health department. Uh, Charlie Sullivan from the Historical Commission and Trish Tuccinardi, um, who I used to work with in the mayor's office at CDD. She was so sweet. Her speech was so good. She's awesome. She, like, you know, she's kind of like you in that she, I mean, whenever I'm in an event, I can't really get food. So she, like, <laughs> got me food at one of the events. And I was like, thank you. Yeah, she's like my she's like my city mom, even though oh, we're yeah. the same age. She's, like, totally my <laughs> city mom. So I always call her. I'm like, Trish. Um, so can remember? So I have a funny story I do about remember that, that day. <laughs> <laughs> so... Here's my story about that award ceremony and trying to be a working mom. So I remember how I was like a <laughs> hot mess that morning. I like ran in at the last minute. I was wearing like jeans, totally inappropriate, carrying coffee with my daughter. Um, she was sick. Yeah. So I had been out at an event pretty late and then she was sick all night. And um, so I didn't get a lot of sleep. And there I am. I really wanted to go to this event because it's such a good one. Yeah. I think it's so important for the city council to be there and really show 
that we're supportive. So I would like run in with my sick daughter. We have our coffee. I have my jeans on. I'm just, I think we're going to, I'm just going to like sit in the back row and just be anonymous right. until they were like, oh, I'm, you know, and I have to do my stupid wave thing that I am terrible at. <laughs> so no, I have to sit like in my chair. Like it was so, so my daughter was with me the whole time and I was like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. So I'm all in my feelings, right? About trying to do both my job and being a good mom and failing at both, right? (laughs) And hoping that nobody notices the state of my situation. And so the city manager asked all the city department heads to stand up and be recognized. And my daughter leaned over and whispered, mommy, there's so many women that just stood up. And, you know, in that moment, I was so glad that she was there. I was so glad that she saw that and happy that she noticed. And I really felt grateful that Cambridge promotes so many women into leadership positions because honestly, our girls are looking and they're noticing. And if you can see it, you can be it. So it turned out, it turned out okay. Like it turned yeah. out to be, I was glad that she was there and that I was a hot mess. She's but... so sweet. I love her. <laughs> she was like texting Nancy Tauber the whole time. <laughs> they were having like a love fest. So. Oh, that's really cute. She's adorable. I'm glad she got to see that. Yeah. yeah. We uh, also had the city of Cambridge scholarship. Uh, awards another on, good one yeah we've had some really great events and the city of cambridge funds um so many scholarships for students for crls students and other students who you know go to school in cambridge so 78 students mm-hmm. got a three thousand dollar scholarship yeah that's a lot of money yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a lot of money it was amazing just seeing all these young people go up and uh you know we you know they are the future. Not to be so corny, but yeah, I thought you had a I thought you had a great like little send off speech for them. Everyone had like a yeah. nice thing to say to these young people. Yeah, so congrats to the people, the graduates, and you don't have to be a junior to apply, but a uh, senior to apply. But uh, and in the future, you know, you I think we mentioned it once in one of our earlier podcasts, but you should definitely make a contribution. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then it is May sixteenth, so. It is uh, the start of Ramadan, so happy Ramadan. Uh, so Happy Ramadan to you as well. Yeah, thank you. So the city is hosting an iftar on June 5th. It starts at about 7.30. And so an iftar is the daily meal at sunset to break the fast during the month of Ramadan, which, you know, people, it's been up in the air. Does it start <laughs> today? Does it start it was I yesterday? Was wa- I was watching like a text thread where people were like, no one's seen the moon yet. So it was really fun for me yes. to, to be a part of that. So some people are fasting today. Some people are fasting tomorrow. Okay. I'm not fasting because of I'm your foot. that. And, you know, it, it, you can kind of pass because if you, um, I'm on a blood thinner. So oh, medication. Yeah. So yeah. no, so I, I'm on that until July 30th. <laughs> so, but yeah, Ramadan will end, uh, on probably june 14th 15th so but so the iftar at city hall is at on june 5th yeah so please come it, it that's should always be, a fun event it should be great and you know we have a great muslim community and yeah really they feel you know given trump and given what happens around yeah, the world yeah. uh i think they really feel welcomed being in cambridge and the food is really good oh yeah so everyone should definitely come Speaking of food. Speaking of food, this weekend is Inman Eats and Crafts. It's on Sunday, so it's in Inman Square. It's from 12 to 4 p.m. And um, the tickets are on Eventbrite. Uh, They're $18. And what that gets you is Inman Bucks, and you can use those Inman Bucks to buy um, food from local restaurants, you know, that are Inman-based. And I went last year, and it was – the food is really, really good. Is it? Yeah. And also Lamplighter Brewery is going to have a beer garden. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So hope for good weather there because um, it's a really fun event and uh, everyone should go. Everyone. Everyone go. Can I get around on my crutches? Is this okay? Oh, well, I'll I'll help you. Jeez. All right. (laughs) When are we going to be done with this? I know. Hopefully (laughs) soon. (laughs) Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Yes. Thank you for tuning in. And um, we are always available on Twitter and I'm at A-M-M-A-L-L-O-N. And I'm at S-U-M-B-U-L-S-I-D-D. And if you love this podcast and want to share it with your friends, we'd be very happy to have you do that because we would love to reach as many people as possible and let them know what's going on here in Cambridge. We always have we always have a lot to say. So much. And if you have any <laughs> topics that you're interested yeah, tweet in, at us. let us know. You know, we can talk about our favorite restaurants more. We can talk about... You know, a childhood memory, a high school memory, you know. Childhood memories. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, we should do that next and, week. And definitely come next Wednesday night to the women, women elected in Cambridge yes. at the main library. 6.30, pizza, childcare. Come and hear us talk about whatever they're going to ask us about. I'm sure it's going to be fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll make it fun. Yeah, we will. Totally. We're, it's us. It's us. Yeah. It'll be fun. See you there. All right. Bye.